honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yeah, I'm eating a piece of pizza right now. I'm hungry as fuck. Oh, I started recording. (laughs) I was looking up researching uh, Apex shit. I don't even know why. Wow. Okay. Uh, so welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Izzy and Q are on today. Um, been a weird time. I still haven't seen Q other than having to help him move into his damn apartment that ta- is probably like he has a mile long hallway. <laughs> Levi likes it. He gets to run down it every if he walks nice. He gets to sprint down. Wow. It takes him like a minute to get all the way down. See, that would take me five minutes to get all the way done. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's been really, really cool to actually, I've been, I don't know what it is, but I have had this thing lately where I say really, really. Um, I don't know if I'm Kevin Gates. Do you, ever, do you remember that song? No, I don't. Oh, damn. All right, never mind. Um, I say really, really a lot, and I don't know why, so I'm trying to get it out of my language. And really, I, really. Yeah. Uh, Doing really, really well. Yeah. Or like, I'm really, really excited. Like, okay, Izzy, chill out. You're just really excited. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) um, we've been doing some brainstorming um, lately uh, between Q Q and I and then the rest of the team. Just like, what's next for us, obviously, with this COVID situation and everything like that. And um, it's been kind of eye-opening. I've been reading a lot which is cool. Reading's cool, I guess. Um, but it's it's really taught me a lot. Yeah. I think before we jump into this episode, like, because we talk about it a little bit in this episode, I don't want to ruin anything because it was a good, good conversation um, just about where we're going next. I think, like, while everything that's going on sucks, like, it's really real for a lot of us, for everyone, every single one of us. It's just, it's also like, a blank slate for us, you know, and it's, it's not that we didn't enjoy what we were doing. Cause we did. It's just now we get to ask ourselves, like, what is it really that we want to do? Not what, what is it that's going to make money? Um, but you'll learn more about that in the, in the episode. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it cause it's a good conversation. I'm also very hungry. <laughs> it's in the middle of eating a pizza. Uh, but I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did recording it. Yeah. Um, on that note, I'm about to take another bite of my pizza, but um, I think this is where we roll into our episode with Ian Williams from Deadstock Coffee in Portland. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose. Damn, you hit it. You hit yeah, it before it. me. My bad, my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool um, when I was actually telling my girlfriend a little bit about your story, Ian, and telling you, telling her about like, Everything that I know about you, um, everything that is really put out there uh, from from janitor to sneaker designer. And there's a ton of people out there right now that are just chatting and like talking, doing courses like Yellow Brick and everything like that, because sneakers are so hot right now. And the more I start talking to people, the more I realize like people are just now realizing that like you don't have to immediately like whether you go to school for something or you didn't go to school for something, but you really want to get into it. It, it doesn't mean you don't, you're never going to get into it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. So um, who, first of all, like Ian, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like introduce yourself to anybody that's listening right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, my name is Ian Williams. I'm the owner of Deadstock Coffee. Um, uh, I'm 33 years old. Just turned 33 like a couple weeks ago. Shout out to quarantine birthdays. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I'm just a dude who really likes shoes and who really wanted to. I just, my whole idea, my whole thing is just like trying to get people together, trying to get people to connect and hang out and realize that, like, you know, like, like we were just saying, um, 
people don't realize that the the sneaker industry or the idea of working in the industry or whatever is actually not that far away. Um, you can you can start with very little um, information, you know, very little knowledge or whatever. Uh, I, you know, I, I came from. I started out uh, working out working in retail. I was working at the Nike employee store out here. If anybody's been to Portland, you you know that that's a place. And if you're in the sneakers, you know that that's a place. Um, it's like almost like the, the the unachievable zone that you want to get to one day, you know. Uh, and then you get in there and you're like, oh, this is it, you know. <laughs> but it is 50% off and tax free. Shout out to no taxes in Oregon. We'll see about that nice. after quarantine. But um, but but yeah, you know the. I worked there for a little while. Um, I went to school for like community college for like 24 hours. Like I barely went to any school, um, but I just was always a dude who wanted to do something related to shoes. I just liked shoes, so uh, did that. Was in at the employee store for a couple months. Got let go um, after the holiday season was over. Then I made airbags. Worked at a place making the airbags, which is next door to the employee store, and I was just working in like a dungeon. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. And the best place I could think of was just to go right down the street and uh, work, uh, you know, if I wanted to meet people, if I wanted to be, I guess, discovered, you know, how people move to L.A. to become like an actor or whatever. Um, You know, I just figured the best place to be discovered is where somebody would see me every single day. So I took a job as a janitor um, and I did that for what I thought was only going to be a few months, but it actually took three years. uh, And then I just weaseled my way into footwear. Um, and I was a developer, so, uh, I did, I, I picked the colors on one shoe. I guess that was my one design, but, uh, but, um, that shoe released in 2010, um, 2010, 2009, um, June, 2009. And it was a, the, it was a dunk high, um, with SB. And then, uh, I kind of used it as my portfolio to prove to people that I really wanted to do the job. Um. But those are guys who I met from taking out their trash and just talking to them about shoes. And one day I was like, let me do a shoe. And they did. So that's Nike. That's Nike SB for you right there. Damn. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a little harder than that, of course. But but the, <laughs> but when I finally got to the point to ask them the question, they were like, yeah, yeah, why not? Um, which was kind of crazy. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, just kept doing what I could to try to find an opportunity to get into the footwear industry. Uh Somebody put me in their in their old position when he moved on to a new job and was like, just fill this, fill in this position until somebody kicks you out. And then the job actually popped up and I was able to interview for it and I got a job as a shoe developer. So yeah, did that for five years and then was like, I think I'm good. And then I quit Nike and opened the sneaker themed coffee shop. <laughs> After all that work, right? Almost 10 years. It was like nine years and a few months and I just was like, I'm good. Where'd you get the idea for the shop? Um, I was uh, I was actually doing art shows. Um, I was hosting art shows that were just trying to bring people together. I just what I realized is you know right when sneaker app before sneaker app, but right when most stuff was going online, you know Supreme was doing Thursday drops and people were getting in fights over you know um, over shoes and because that's been happening for a while, but you know just. <clears throat> when everything started to go, you know, it used to be that you could go on eBay and pick up something that you missed out on for like maybe 50 or a hundred more. Um, and then, and then it switched up to, you know, you go on eBay and it's five, six, $700 more. And, um, you know, people were, people were buying shoes to flip them and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, it was the worst place to be. And I wore a 13. So it was already not very many of my size available, you know? So, uh, so I just started to think of ways to just bring people back together and get rid of the actual, like the, 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 the retail part. Um, so I started doing these art shows and the idea was to, you know, Adidas is out here and Under Armour is out here and a couple other companies. So the idea was to bring people into a space so that they could all just, um, hang out and like not be affected by what company they work for. Um, and uh, that, that's really how that all got, how that got started. But then art shows just weren't really making any money. Try to think of what made money. I was like, well, coffee shops make money, you know? So it's just, I guess, an open <laughs> coffee shop. So that's really how I got into coffee. Damn. You talk to me about like the, the balance between like knowing that you know what you're doing and like just jumping. Cause I, 
I don't know, for me and for a lot of people that I've I've watched, especially like young people, it's like, yo, let's just let's jump in, let's figure it out. Like I don't fucking know what I'm doing, but I'm just gonna go. We're gonna figure it out, you know. And like I don't know specifically what a shoe developer is, but I'm assuming it's a technical side. Yeah. Okay. Is uh, he's the one that went to sneaker school, not me? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming, yeah, the technical side. So like you were actually in it, you were doing it, you were learning. And there's a lot of people, especially now, like with everything that's going on that are looking at different industries, looking at different things, looking, okay, this is my passion. I want to move more in this direction. When did you know that it was like, okay, I have enough knowledge to be able to do this? Or is it just more so the network that you built that allowed you to launch that shop? For starters, I knew nothing about coffee. Like, let me be completely <laughs> honest. I'm not going to be like, yeah, yeah, I was a Q grader or anything like that. No, I, I knew nothing about coffee. As a matter of fact, I didn't even drink coffee. Uh, coffee to me was like, it just was a hot mud. And it was the thing that that um, I don't, <clears throat> even to this day, I still think that caffeine is a bit of a hoax. Um, and we can talk more about that another time if you guys want. But, um, <laughs> but uh you know, I think I think really what it is is people just need the the ritual of waking yeah. up and getting their coffee. Like if you ruin somebody's drink in the morning, you're gonna be they're gonna talk about you for the rest of the day, or you're the reason yeah. why their day is bad. But if you make their drink really good, or if you give it to them for free because maybe they're having a bad day, or maybe they have a job interview or something like that, somebody's gonna have a great day. You know, and and so I think really what people need is that ritual. But um, and I guess we just talked about it. But uh, but hold on, what was your question? Like, <laughs> dude, you said you're 33. You're not, you're that old, <laughs> you're <right>? not old. <laughs> Question was like, how did you know, like, I know enough to be able to do this? Or was it more like just a network that you built that allowed you? So I guess uh, for, for me, the, um, I didn't really know that I could be a shoe developer. Um, it's like an engineer. So the designers draw it and the developers work, uh, get, get it sent out to the factories and actually more in charge of production and things like that. So I, I didn't know that I could do that job, but I I also didn't know that I could design anything. Um, and I did, I taught myself Illustrator and Photoshop in like a couple of days and then just submitted a design to the guys who worked in skate. I didn't have a choice. That was the only way that I could submit that to them, you know? Um, or I realized that that was the way that everybody submitted things just from being around and everybody was always an Illustrator. And so I was like, well, I guess if they let me do this shoe, I better work on it the way that they would work on it or else they're not going to take it, you know? And uh, looking back on it, it was like the crappiest illustrator work ever. Um, it was so bad, but it was enough to be able to portray the idea, you know? But um, I did, yeah, a lot of times I don't, I don't really know, you know, whether or not I can do something. Um, but I have the, you know, I got the, the faith to believe that I can either figure it out or apologize my way through it. Um, so when I when I first got into coffee, um, uh, I had like a little stand inside uh, Compound, which is a shoe store out here. Um, and I used to just apologize to people and be like, "Hey, if your drink's bad, my bad. You know, let me know. I'll make you another one." And there were days where, like, literally, I sold because I just was a stand inside the shoe store. So I, I was. You know, and, and upstairs in the shoe store. So, you know, first of all, somebody had to get upstairs. Uh, second, it had to be a person who was interested in coffee. Um, you know, and like all these different things. So I I, uh, I just, <laughs> I would just make people's drinks and then, you know, say sorry and then just try to do better. And yeah, there's a, there a lot of really bad drinks that happened in the first like year or so of dead stock. Did you end up partnering with someone that knew more about coffee? Uh, so there was a company, uh, I grew up in a little town out here. I'm from Newport News, Virginia, but uh, I grew up in a little town. We moved here when I was 10 years old. Um, called The town is called Hillsborough. And so uh, a mentor of mine um, from when I was uh, like in high school, um, he knew the guys who owned this company called uh, Insomnia Coffee or, uh, or another one called Dapper and Wise. And uh, I first reached out to them because I was just going to open a gallery and then have somebody else run the coffee part. Um, but um, so I was like, hey, would you guys want to do this coffee part? And they were like, nope, <laughs> but we can show you how to do it. And I was like, mm, okay. So the Insomnia team was who put me on. Um, and they were very helpful, very patient. Um, but, you know, they also kind of allowed me to figure it out and make mistakes on my own. So um, that, that's how I, like, figured it out, I guess. Um, 
Dude, Portland's so nice, man. You yeah. try that. You try that, Milwaukee. Be like, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Portland is super nice. Um, to be quite honest, there's a lot of a lot of us um, work really closely together. Um, cool. Yeah, it's 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 very it's kind of funny because I'll go to like another place and like we've done events all over LA, whatever, and I'll go to LA and we'll do something and then people will be like, "Yo, let me partner, let me partner." And then sometimes I'm like, mm, okay, you know, and then other times I'm like, I don't know, man, you're just trying to get something off of me, you know, yeah. but, in, but in Portland, everybody's just like, you know, you'll, you'll do something and they'll say, oh man, you know, can we, can I post and say that you helped me? And they're like, no, like, why does it matter? You, you need the money or you need the, this is your event, you know? Yeah. But then that just makes you feel like later on, you're like, okay, I got to look out for this company. I got to look out for this person, you know? But yeah, Portland's super collaborating. But um, but yeah, that, I didn't know anything about coffee, um, and uh, and now I'm not so bad. I actually roast. I roast all of our coffee. Um, I've been roasting for maybe like two and a half years now, or three years. Wow. Uh, but I was kind of forced into it. We had some bad weather, and it really shut down most businesses for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Go figure. Look at look at now. Um, but it yeah, it shut down a lot of businesses and. Uh, and we owe Dapper and Wise a ton of money. And uh, they were just like, you know, we want to help you, but we also have our own bills to pay. So, you know, but we gotta, you got to start paying some of this back. And I just didn't have the money. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just teach myself how to roast. And then I just started from scratch, roasting a little bit, apologizing to the customers for it being bad, and then doing it again. I love that. Yeah, it, there, there's something to say with business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call yourself. There's something to say about being resourceful. And there's a ton of people out there that, like I, I mentioned before, there's a ton of people that may want to work in the sneaker industry or be an artist or anything like that and don't know really how to get started. So how how was it like what what was it in the the pit of your stomach saying okay i'm i'm, I'm gonna start this coffee shop and um i don't care what happens i i know i need to do it yeah um when i was uh when i was a kid like you know just growing up i was always a sneaker dude um sneaker head whatever um and i didn't i never really you know, I just, I, I went to a little private school for middle school and high school, um, got in trouble when I was younger and just, my mom put me in private school and I just never stopped going. And, um, uh, we had to wear uniforms. So sneakers were the way that I got to express myself. Um, and I just stuck with it since then, but growing up in Virginia, um, and then my family's from Philly, I'm a huge Iverson fan. So I got one pair of shoes a year and it was always the newest Iverson, um, and uh, then my old shoe became my play shoe. And then my new shoe was my school shoe, you know? So um, that was just like, that was what I was about. And, uh, you know, moving on from, moving on from there. Uh, I don't know. I just was always like a dude who really liked shoes. And, uh, and then my brother skated. So he would always be at the skate shop. So I always, you know, that was when SBs kind of first started popping. Um but then I also, you know, you look at you look at rappers, you look at skateboarders, you look at like all these things. You just always want to be dipped, you know. And uh, and so I realized that skate shops or skate parks were the places where everybody was kind of kicking it. So I was like, well, I just opened a skate shop one day. And in um, my little bit of school that I went to, um, I did a business plan for a skate shop, and it didn't really. I tried to actually get it funded, but I was like 18 years old, and all the all the banks were like, whatever, get out of my face, you know. Yeah. But um. But when I first had started at Nike, um, I would keep, I had it in my backpack and then I just used to ask people who I would get to know, like, Hey, I got this idea. Would you mind looking at it? And they would be like, mm, sure. So I would pitch the skate shop idea and they'd be like, Ooh, I would change this, this and that. So I just always kind of had that in my mind. Um, so I didn't, that was just like always the thing that I wanted to do. Um, and then, yeah. When I started the, when I was doing the art shows and stuff, like everything was all good. And I, you know, I, I, was, I was already kind of feeling like I wanted to get out of the company. Um, I wasn't loving my trajectory. I was always seen as the janitor guy with no degree. So I would, I would interview for jobs and not get them. But then the person who I mentored up to that point would get the job and beat me in experience, which doesn't make sense. So, you know, I just was kind of over it. And, um, 
And uh, but the thing that actually really that really did it, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, how did you know when you were going to leave? And I just always tell people, like, if you're going to quit or if you're going to do something, you're just going to do it. There's never a good time unless you're super rich, you know. Um, So when that when the day came, um, it was one of my uh, it was my best friend's uh, wedding weekend and the rehearsal dinner. I was the I was the best man. Um, The rehearsal and the dinner was like uh, on like a Friday or a Thursday night. I couldn't remember. And um, I was supposed to be there and uh, I was just sitting at my desk and then he texted me and was like, yo, where you at? Like, you know, we got to get this done. And it was like 40 minutes away, 30, 40 minutes away. And I was like, oh man, stuck in traffic, my bad. But after that day, and I kind of had already decided I wanted to leave a while ago. I was like, you know what? I almost missed the the best day of my best friend's life over, over some stupid emails, you know? So I, at that day, I just... Decided, I was like, all right, it's time for me to go. And uh, I quit like a week later. Damn. Like, I, it's crazy. Um, I mean, some people have heard this on the on the podcast, if you've listened to the podcast before, but like I, Q and I and uh, Brahma and Eric, the two, the three other, or the two other co-founders, um, we were kind of in a weird place each of us uh eric was installing direct tv um Brema was i think taking pictures for milwaukee public schools and really being told um what to do and ian i know you don't know Brema, but all you have to do all you have to know is that if you tell Brema what to do uh he doesn't like it and that's that's just <laughs> who he is and like q was in between like two different companies and like I was about to quit my job and it took um, it it really took like this small thing to happen to for me to say, you know what, I'm leaving, I'm done. And for, for us to get together and really and start what we we ended up starting um, has been like eye opening because it took it took me just kind of getting out of my comfort zone and it took all of us getting out of our comfort zones to realize like, wow, we can, we can do a lot more. Um, if we just get out of this box, we put ourselves in. And, um, it's, it's definitely interesting to hear, like, I forget it, who it was, um, on the, on one of our previous episodes, but he told us that from the time that you are born, um, as soon as you're you're taken out of the womb, you're you're placed in this box, literally a, like this little box where they place babies after um, their their uh, the mom gives birth, and then from there you're you're brought home and you're placed in a box, and then you you're being sent to school where you're being placed in another box, and it's it's just very interesting to hear um, the stories that happen when you kind of allow yourself to be open to, Hey, I don't know what's coming next, but I know it. I don't want to be doing this. It's interesting. It's uh, crazy. It's crazy with like everything going on, you know, like I, we, we've grown pretty quickly. Like the company has been a lot of fun. Like there's been a lot of opportunities, but with all of this, like at first it was like, shit, like this is happening. Like I can't even believe this happening. Like sometimes I still can't even believe it's happening. But if you think about it, like, we even place ourselves in a box, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it was good or whether it was bad, we place ourselves in a box. And now it's a matter of like finding what's, what's next. And it's, do we go back to that same box where we're comfortable or do we do something bigger? Do we do something cooler? You know? And like you said, it's not, it's not like when you know it's time to quit, not that we're like shutting down our company, like quit, pivot, whatever, you know, and you do it. And like, that's what we're doing. And I don't know. I, I feel that I resonate with that. In regards to just like like your upbringing and everything like that, when everybody that we talk to on the podcast um, has a, a certain way of like going back to their upbringing to, to that really shaped them into who they are today. And for you, it's um, the Iversons, right? And um, for me, it's, it's almost the same, really. Um, while I, I did live in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, the only thing we could afford was going to the Reebok outlet. And, um, I would pick, my dad would always pick up a pair of Reebok classics for us, um, to kind of screw around with, and then to do anything athletic in, it was a pair of, um, Iversons and it was usually answers. And, um, I, 
I talked to my dad about everything in regards to sneakers and the culture that has now changed. And he still can't believe that people pay thousands of dollars for a pair of shoes. Um, to the point that I, I came, I went to my dad's house after I picked up the bread fours earlier this year. And my dad looked at my feet and he said that he literally had witnessed somebody um, being jumped for that pair of shoes in the eighties. Um, but seeing like how much the culture has changed to now, like you, you, you can't even um, go on the Adidas app right now and pick up a pair of Yeezys or Jor like the, the Nike app to pick up a pair of Jordans or anything like that. Like, how do you think sh the shift is affecting just the overall like culture in a, in a sense of almost like availability. So like you're obviously you're into shoes. Um, so like there's a ton of people out there that buy these bots, right. And you buy a bot for 500 bucks and you're guaranteed at least one drop or whatever. So how do you think that's actually affecting like from when you grew up to, to now? <clears throat> It's, it's part of that story that I was just telling, you know, yeah. of like how I, why I'm here um, and why I do what I do, what I'm doing. It, shoes are so, for, for some of us, I mean, like you just told the story about the, you know, oh, my bad, oh, computer out here making noise. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's business right there. Uh, actually, probably just. It's probably just junk email. Uh, you know how realize how lately you've gotten an email from every company you've ever given your oh, yeah. about about their COVID <laughs> process. I'm like, bro, I really don't care. Uh, a boy plumbing, like, come on, because they're still just selling pipes. <laughs> um, but uh, the everything was just so, you know, waiting in the, when when you used to wait in launch lines. You know, the it was all you would see these this group of people every single week or every couple of weeks that you didn't really know who they were, or what they did or where they worked or anything about them, you know, but, but you knew what size they wore so that they weren't in front of you. And you knew that, you know, you know, a little bit of not, you didn't know very much, you knew a little bit and all that is gone, you know? And, and so just like the, the personal part, you know, if you go on sneakers that now they're doing like the, the kicks cams and the, you know, street fits and all that kind of stuff, which is cool. But, you know, we're like eight years too late. <laughs> yeah. You know, like all all of that is just so impersonal now. And that and that really sucks because sneakers are personal, you know, and that's that's why I'm in it. I feel like that's why you guys are in it. And and, yep. and you know, there's just like so it's so uh it's like the my whole business is built around people who like shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we don't even sell shoes. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. It's it has something to do with like the community that you you actually have built uh, with the shop and the every everybody that you surround yourself with. Like every time I've been in there, I have seen nothing but smiles and everyone enjoyed their drinks when I was there. So uh, you must have you must have got better at the roasting thing. Um, <laughs> but it it's just like how did like there's brands right now that are struggling building a community around the actual brand like can you go back to a point where that community point was a struggle for you or has it been something that as soon as you opened and people started coming through the doors and realizing what it it was was it relatively easy that's a good question um no it was from the beginning it was actually it was really really difficult um I work in coffee, but coffee doesn't, uh, coffee is, coffee historically is, is run by just like old white guys. Um, yeah. and then like the, the, the business side, um, and then even like down to like farms and everything. It's like these people who are like, you know what, I'm going to open up and this is no knock on anybody. Cause I know some great people who do this, but the, you know, they'll say like, oh, you know what, like I got this, I got this experience importing things. I'm going to start importing green coffee and then uh, I'm going to help these farmers make some money. And some of them are, I'm going to help these farmers make some money and other ones are, I'm going to do what I can to get this for the lowest price ever. And then I'm going to mark it up to X, Y, Z price because this other person is stuck and can't get green coffee otherwise. So you have like that side of the business. Then you have the baristas who have the curly mustaches and the, 
and you know the um, all the all the whatever. Um, and then uh, and then you know you have the shop owners who are sometimes people who just have some extra money and they open a coffee shop because it's like a passion. You have the people who previously worked in coffee who want to who want to change the way it's done, you know, so they make a shop that looks exactly like the one that they used to work at. Uh, and then, so like when, when I first was getting into coffee, um, people saw me and they were like, who are you and what do you want? And, um, and I was like, I'm Ian. And they're like, <laughs> you know, like that was the, <laughs> nobody, nobody cared. And uh, I didn't understand why nobody cared. And, and so, you know, after after a while, I realized like, oh, you know, first of all, I have to respect the the coffee coffee the thing, you know. So I started to show up at uh, you guys know latte art throwdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I started to show up at throwdowns and just pour, and I didn't even know how to do latte art. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even steam milk properly. It was so bad. But just to prove to people, you know, this black dude with a with a little baby gold chain uh and uh and a backwards hat is not here to hurt you you know and i'm actually one of your peers but nobody believed that i was a shop owner because we didn't really have a shop nobody believed that i was the people just kind of didn't believe me um and uh so it, it took it took a little while at first uh and then a few years ago in the coffee industry there was this thing that came out that was called deferred candidacy and it was um and it was about uh uh, the the coffee the big coffee convention was going to be in Dubai a few years ago and I don't know if you guys know but like a lot of places in the Middle East if you are um, if you are openly gay or anything like that they could just take you to jail um, and so uh, the coffee world was like how dare they do this to us in coffee I've given my life to you and yada 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 and uh, and then they started to uh, sorry the coffee world the coffee scene out here was upset. The coffee world was like, who cares? Um, and everybody in America was like, they got super mad and up in arms. And there was all these town hall meetings all over the nation, like everywhere. Um, of people saying like, <clears throat> we're we're boycotting the SCA. We're not like, it, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, and uh, I actually just happened to be in Korea for World Coffee Championships, the, the which was the year before they were going to go to Dubai. When the it took them it took the SCA three months to get to the point to say we're gonna come up with this thing called deferred candidacy and uh, really what it means is if you win a competition and you feel uncomfortable competing in that place if you win like a preliminary and you feel uncomfortable competing at the next round then uh, you can defer your your entry till you feel comfortable in another place. So coffee got mad because they're like, why don't you just cancel Dubai because it doesn't accept me and you should accept me because I accept you coffee. This is Jack. Um, but then uh, what, what I realized was uh, when we, when you get outside of America, nobody cares because that, that problem only really affects Americans um, because America, because in America, people are open to be whoever they want to be. Right. Home of the free. Right. So, but when you, but when you go, when you go outside, there are people who have been held out of competitions and out of things their whole life, just, be, just based off of where they live and they haven't been able to enter or whatever. So, you know, before this coffee industry has been jacked for a long time and now it's just something that made America upset. Same thing with Corona right now, right? Like we, they were like, everybody in America was like, it's in China, it's in Italy, who cares? Then it, then it, uh, you know, it started to jump ship, it jumped ship and duplicated, and now everybody's like, fix the world, <laughs> and everybody in the rest of the world is like, dummy, I told you, yeah, you know. So when that first happened, deferred candidacy, I just at that time I was kind of getting more known in coffee, and everybody was like, um, everybody kind of was like, you know what, Ian, um, what do you have to say? And I was like, I think that you guys are all dummies. Uh, because not too long ago, you didn't like me. And I just kept showing up. So now it's your turn to show up. And you just need to be honest with yourself. And then sometimes you got to attack a problem from the inside. Yada, yada. So, yeah. that uh, Now, coffee scene is we're, we're pretty well known. I don't know if you guys saw, you know what I'm saying? Boys, the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, bro. Congrats. Yeah, that was dope. That was really dope. 
it, I saw I saw something on Instagram that was like uh, I don't know word for word, but it was like if for those that have like twenty nine packs of pasta and whatever amounts of toilet paper, like don't like don't get mad at someone for like leaving their country because of war, you know, like and people only care when it affects them, you know, and literally like I feel that I want to I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier though, and just this idea of community because. I talk about it all the time. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say like, yo, like I've got a million followers on Instagram or like hundred K on Instagram. And this post just got 30,000 likes. Like I've got this massive community and like they confuse this idea of community with, with the like button, you know, or the share button or the mm-hmm. retweet button or whatever, the heart button when like, that's not it at all, you know? And like you said, like you showed up and it's like, yo, like here I am. But like, this idea, you your coffee shop is so different because of this thing that you don't even sell. It's just this community of people that have this love for this thing, you know? Like, can you just talk to me from your perspective? Like, what is community and how do you go about how do you go about growing that? Community is is uh I don't go, man. That's a good that's a, that's like the most vague, deep question. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, bro. <laughs> I could say I could say community is people, and then we could talk for hours about what community is. Right? You know, it's like a, a community. I think is it's just a group of people who are who are. Uh, they might not even be like minded. They're just a group of people in a place, right? Mm-hmm. Like the in the city of Portland, there's a bunch of people who might not be like minded, but we're all in place, right? This is our community, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have but then you have a, a group who then you have like sections of that group who are really into yoga, really into holistic healing, really into uh, eating nutritious foods. Uh, and then you have that like that group of people who's really into cheeseburgers. And then you have those who are really into like making sure the trees grow. And then you have those who really like this thing that is leather and you put on your foot and there's rubber on the bottom. Right. So you a, a community is just. Some people, some people in a place and then you have to figure out and they might be next to each other and then, or they might be far away, right? We might be able to connect like we're doing over, over the internet or, um, you know, through video or in a forum like Nike talk or ISS, but it's just like, there's these communities. And so I, I think the, the best way to grow or the best way to foster is just for that community to be. Uh, is to for that community to accept and educate. You know, mm-hmm. you have so many people who are when they're first getting into sneakers, they try to find their way in. And we've all had the conversation where somebody's like, "Oh man, are those uh, was that the Jordan three or is that the four or is that the five? You know, and, and we look at it, we're like, "Bro, duh." Yeah. You know, but there's some people who just they're trying to figure it out. Or oh yeah, I have those. I have the blue ones. I have the black and red ones. I have the the white and brown ones and the white black, you know, and it's like, all right, like those those shoes all have names, but but for <laughs> us, you know, it's up to those in the community to help put people on so that they can be successful and they can help us grow the community or at least help them be knowledgeable so that they're not wrong or messing up or or whatever, you know. Um, but also to not be jerks about it. And uh, I like I've that. been in enough communities where people are jerks about stuff. And it just really, really sucks. So I don't want to be. Is he uh is he um sneaker community toxic? I'm like big into like gaming and like just esports community. Man, and, like gaming toxic community is toxic, my guy. The toxic is fucked. <laughs> Yo, I've never like you don't even know what I look like. And as soon as I get on the as soon as I pick up the sticks and <laughs> we're flying. I'm like, bro, Dude, you don't even I know, know me. And the toxic crazy, and the crazy thing, bro, I don't even know. I'm so bad at games. I'm so, I'm, just, I'm just impatient. Uh, I, I start doing something, I get really bored. And it's kind of funny because while we're talking, uh, I started rebuilding this RC car like maybe three, four weeks ago because I was like, this is my quarantine project. You should see how in pieces it is on my on my dining room, on my table right now. But, uh, but you know, like I start doing something, I just get really bored. <clears throat> so I'm never, I've never been good at gaming. But as soon as somebody starts talking mess to me on a game, I pick up them sticks, bruh. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really good at letting other people know where I am. So, so you know, I'm on a team and they're like, "F you," blah blah blah. They're flipping out, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, you want to talk to me like that? Cool. 
I'm just going to shoot you, even though I can't kill you, but everybody knows exactly where you are, and then they're going to blow us both up. <laughs> and then we're both going to lose, and then our whole team's going to lose, and you're going to be more mad. But otherwise, I'm, like, trying to run, and I'm just, you know, when you shoot and the gun goes up, you know, so I just end up shooting the ceiling, or I'm, like, running into the corner, and I can't get away. But then somebody starts yelling at me. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing now. That is amazing. But yeah, I, gaming but I'm a, community I'm a is toxic as hell. <laughs> but, but uh, okay, is the sneaker community toxic? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the our whole our whole business <laughs> of, of being a community is look what I have that you don't have. Yeah, that's our whole. Dude, why do, why our do you think that game. is? Huh? Why do you think that is? Because people like things, and people like to be known for things. If yeah. if you have a if you have a Kickstarter, um, the ones where you are, and I know this because I launched a Kickstarter for Deadstock. Um, <clears throat> the ones where you where you get a thing are the ones that are the one are the ones that are successfully funded. Yeah, the ones where you where somebody's like, hey, I have this idea, and I kind of know this because I'm helping my mom do. GoFundMe right now. She wants to offer free drug and alcohol counseling to people because she realized because the rate of suicide has like gone up five times, and people who are relapsing and everything. It's all super bad. And my mom used to be in drug and alcohol and retired, and so now she's trying to come back. Um, and so she has to get her certifications, and she wants to be able to offer all of it for free to whoever needs it because people are getting gouged right now, still having to pay. Um, but she needs to raise money. So you know, my mom doesn't have a thing. She's not. She's not offering anybody anything except for help. And if, you know, people are giving money, but it's different than, you know, if, if I had a, a new coffee grinder, somebody's like, oh, what? For $250, I could get this grinder early? No problem. I'll get $250. Like, oh, this lady wants to help people <laughs> from committing suicide or from going down a, a really bad place that maybe they used to be in or whatever. Yeah, I'll give her 10 bucks. You know? So... People just people just want things. They want recognition and they want, you know, uh, clout and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where that that's that's why the sneaker industry is like it. But we we've also allowed it to happen, you know. Yeah. Like, like Kanye said, you know, like we made him crazy. No, it's <laughs> fascinating. Like I'm looking looking at a lot of the similarities. Like I'm not. I was a sneakerhead maybe in like sixth seventh grade, and then after that, I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I'm gonna go barefoot. Like that's just been me, and I'm just now like getting back into it. But like video games and esports, like I look at it, and it's like there's so much dumb money in it. Like there's all these young kids that are becoming investors now because they made it as a player, but they have no idea how the business works, you know. So you're seeing like people lose all this money, and I'm just wondering, is like is sneakers the same, or is it just just the fact that people like things and like naturally it's like I'm gonna be flashy and fuck. Like where is that toxicity like really coming from? And maybe we don't know. I don't know. I guess when you think about the, if you think about those who are, uh, who really started to put sneakers on, I guess, like you, you look at the drug dealers yep. who have a thing that everybody desires, you know, in the drug world, uh, who, and you look at the basketball players who have a skill that everybody desires and you have a, like all these different industries who these people have this, like have this stuff or this thing or this, this even this uh, like glow about them, and we just oh my goodness, Ian, I'm over here breaking all the car parts. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know we all they we have these people have this thing that we all really want, and so we are looking for ways to to get that, or we feel like if we have it. I mean, I bought I bought Iversons because I felt like as soon as I put them on, I'm about to my crossover is about to be nasty, you know, and. <laughs> So we, we, we look to place ourselves in something, you know, or to align with it because we see that as success or we see that as happiness or wh whatever it might be. So I, I guess that's maybe where, where it comes from. You know, drug dealers have extra money. So, you know, they got to show it off. They've got to prove to you that they got extra money. And, and soccer players are, you know, some of the fastest people in the world and, you know, the fastest way, and they use their feet. So, you know, why not have some pink cleats when everybody else has blue ones or red ones or black ones, you know? Because you can't catch them. There's nothing you can do, you know? Yeah. And so it's going to, like, slap you in the face with it. So now 
I got these rare shoes that they only made uh, supposedly two pair of, and or or I think that they only made a few pair of, and really they made a million pair. Uh, and I'm gonna wear this T-shirt that has a red box logo on the front and uh, a fitted with a plane on it, and uh, and some really you know some some torn up jeans. And here we go. You know, I'm gonna post this on Instagram. I'm gonna get these likes, and now I'm the man. But really, you just spent a lot of money on some stuff. So, exactly. you know, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I want to be an influencer, of course, because I like free stuff and I never want to pay for shoes. The reason why I got into footwear in the first place is to get shoes for free. But I also, I don't know if you guys really pay attention, but I also, I hate posting. I hate Instagram. I hate all of that. I don't like talking about myself. I don't like any of that stuff, really. I think it's just all so dumb because I just want to... I just want to kick it with my homies and talk about shoes. I feel that. I, I want to I, know the story of how you got it, not not why you have it. Exactly. I I think I was telling Q this not too long ago. Like I was almost at a loss because I I have my personal account and then I have an account called Misfit Kicks where I take pictures of shoes um, when I have time. But I like I've I've fallen off taking pictures of shoes because it's just like. I'm not wearing like most to be completely honest, I should be taking pictures of Uggs because I have some Ugg slippers that I wear every day because I can't leave my house. And that's that. Like, and I started wearing my shoes throughout the day. And the last thing I think of is to take pictures. And like before all of this happened, um, I, I had an account called MK foodie on Instagram where I took pictures of food and I got free food. I was like, hell yeah, I got free food. I get free food. Right. And there came a time where I just wanted to eat my damn food. And that was that. Like I, it, it, when it got in front of me, the last thing I would do is like, I wanted to do is take out my phone and take a picture of it. I wanted to eat it. And it's just, it's just interesting how we've all changed to get to the point that we are. And like society has changed to get to the point that we are like now, um, even like with TikTok growing, like people are like, there's even more influencers coming out and there's a, a ton of kids coming come. Yeah. And like they're, they're dancing and getting all this free product, but it's like, I just feel like you're, you're raising this 13 year old boy to become very materialistic because he's waiting on that next, that next collaboration, that next free thing. And it's just, I feel like we're, we're not doing, we're taking advantage at, at the end of the day. Dude, it's all a lie too. Like yeah. most, like what is it? I forget the percentages, but like barely anybody that's on YouTube or TikTok can buy a fucking house with the money they make, you know? Like nobody, nobody. Like it's just all like we're the 1% get everything and that's it. And like we're we're painting this picture that you post something and you get a couple of viral videos or even a lot of viral videos and you're going to be a millionaire and it's yep. just not not the case, bro. And it's just it's stupid. Yeah. It's not sustainable. I don't even know how we got in this topic. <laughs> I feel that too. I'm fucking bored of posting, you know. <laughs> it's just it, my. This is the last thing I'm going to talk or hit on it. It's I have a little cousin. She's about I believe eight or nine, and her, I asked her what she wanted to be when she grows up, and she told me an influencer. Yeah. And that was like that was the only thing I, I was like, you need to strive for something else, and like. Obviously, I'm not going to sit a nine-year-old down and tell them like, hey, this is why this it, this isn't a viable option for you. But like, that's just that's just where we are as society. And her friends said the same thing. Like, they all want to be influencers. And I don't think we do a good job of like anybody does a good job of like, I can't even define what the hell for sure, like what the hell an influencer is because it changes every day. But then we do a bad job of, okay, all these influencers right now, there's a ton of influencers that are losing followers because they're not posting right now because they have this high expectations of themselves, but they can't go to their studios anymore and they can't, they can't do all these things. So that's when mental health becomes a thing and all these different things. And it's just like to hear a eight or nine year old tell me, yeah, my, my dream in life is to become an influencer. That's just like, it's disgusting. Then again, will we look back on this and be like, damn, we're just like our parents, you know, like it's the same as saying, like, I want to be an actor or I want to be a celebrity. Like, what does that really mean? 
Yeah. I feel like if you're shooting to be an influencer, I feel like that can be okay. It's just event like one time and you're like someday you're gonna have to figure out like, yeah, I wanna like impact people in the mental health world because like I really care about this. I feel like shooting for it like to start, I feel like that could be fine. Like if you have a love for gaming, like you're gonna discover something else. Like I don't know, but being an influencer just for the sake of being an influencer is so dumb. Yeah. And it, it's never gonna work out. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently uh you know the I don't know. Now it doesn't matter. But the, well, I was trying to, I was like, should I hold this information back or what? Um, I I am, uh, you know, I'm always looking at the possibility of opening a new shop. And uh, and I've looked all over places. Like I've looked at areas in Portland. I've looked in Chicago. I looked in New York. I looked in Philly. I looked in Japan. I looked in Korea. Like I looked all over the place. And um, uh, oftentimes things sound really, really good. And then sometimes they don't sound so good. But a lot of it is based off of um, the, the the person who owns the building or who owns the space and my relationship with that person. And uh, we're looking at a space right now um, and the, the possibility is, is relatively high because uh, the person who owns the building is somebody who worked really hard but came up on quite a bit of money and is from the area and uh, uh, has decided to invest back into the area. And... Um, reached out to us to see if we were interested and, you know, it, it was one of those, like I am, but you know, I got $0, especially right now during quarantine. And, yeah. uh, and you know, they're, they're making the, they're making the conversation a lot easier and a lot more comfortable because they're willing to have just honest conversations about like, okay, what do you really want? This is what we really want. And so it's not like, let me get all your money. It's more like, how can I, how can I help you? And in change, we're going to help each other, you know? So it's been, uh, I think that's a good example of somebody who came up on some bucks and who decided to use those bucks for good or yeah. who came up on some, uh, you know, some power or influence or whatever and uh, and decided, you know, this is a, this would be a good opportunity to, to, to help someone else out or help out a group of people. It's not just me. Um, so, you know, the, the people are out there doing that, but... But it definitely, you know, some sometimes you're like, bro, what? Like, why yeah. are you? I, I I agree. You know, it, some some people, the idea of being an influencer or growing up to be an influencer, kind of, but that would hurt. Like, if one of my nieces and nephews told me that, I'd be like, if you don't get out of my face with that noise. But then that's yeah. true. Like some people might use it and be like, I want to become an influencer so that I can, um, you know, save the puppies. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's that's really dope. I think. But until she says that, don't don't believe, don't trust. Me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not at all. Um. I think there's like there's this guy in Milwaukee. His name's Brandon Rule. Um. He we've he's supposed to jump at the on the podcast at some point, but um he preaches and he went um one of his developments uh, he came into some money as well. Um. One of the only people of color that are um investing in milwaukee and investing in a big in in big monetary ways uh from he grew up on the north side of milwaukee and Ian, if you don't know too much about milwaukee or wisconsin in general wisconsin is a primarily white state uh milwaukee is actually um uh in regards to demographics, there's more people of color than there are uh, Caucasians. And it's it's very interesting, uh, especially coming from Chicago. People like my family still doesn't when I say like, hey, yeah, I'm still living in Milwaukee. They're like, wait, what? Like that. Are there even people that look like us up there? And I, I don't know what it is, but Brandon is he grew up on the north side and traditionally Milwaukee is very, very segregated um, ever since. I mean, for, from the dawn of time, they say, but uh, you have the north side, which is primarily African-American. Um, if you go a little bit north of the north side, you have some um, you have some uh, Asian population. And then on the south side, it's Hispanic population. Everything surrounding it is Caucasian and up upper middle class or just upper class and uh brandon is from the north side of milwaukee and he invests back into the north side so um he's taking all the rundown buildings and all the abandoned factories that are ridden with crime and all these things and um really just turning his childhood 
kind of crime-ridden areas into um, viable options for people to start businesses and community members to have a place to interact without there being any crime or worrying about crime or anything like that. And I think there's there's something to say with, yes, he, he actually started off um, and he has this big following now. So he is quote unquote an influencer, but he's taking his influence and in providing um, opportunities for other people. And that's something that it, I mean, it goes to say just with great, with great power comes great responsibility. And Q, I, I hope you're really proud of me for that one. Um, I, it's just, it's interesting, but what's, what's next for you, Ian? What's, what, what do you have coming up after hopefully this, this situation ends? The, I think as we talk about influencers, the, the, the people or the things that are brands, that are really going to resonate um, well during this time are the ones who are going to be, who are going to actually stay engaged with people um, so that people keep like turning back and looking to see, you know, Hey, what, what's this person doing? Who's, what's this brand doing? Whatever. Uh, I guess if influence are if influencers or people who supposedly are famous or who are looked at because of their influence, if they're not given something or like a task or whatever, are they like the energizer bunny? Do they just like, they just turn off, you know, they just kind of like run out of power and they just, like, what's, what's going to happen to these people? Uh, so, you know, the, I, I think as long as we're staying engaged, I don't know what is next, but, you know, I think we're going to be okay. Um, trying to figure out what's up with, you know, right now we're just trying to figure out how to keep the, the doors open. Um, yeah. We started putting drinks in bottles um, instead of, and it's something I've wanted to do for years. And now, uh, now we have it because we had to. I didn't have a choice, um, or else we wouldn't make any money. Um, which means that we would have to shut it down. Which means my employees wouldn't have a job or something to do. Which means people in the community, back to that word, wouldn't get a chance to have coffee or have caffeine in the mornings. You know, so yeah. so for for us, it is uh, that's I guess that's that's what it's about right now. Um, it's how do we keep it. Um, that that's what's that's what's next. <laughs> yeah. It's like what what are we gonna do? You know, what are we gonna be known for or, or whatever? But just trying to stay engaged. Today I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna release a video uh about just different ways to brew coffee but using really cheap coffee methods. Nice. One is with a Mr. Coffee pot. Um and uh I, I brew the same coffee three ways. This is something I was shown early on from Dapper and Wise. Just brewing the same coffee multiple ways and figuring out the, you know, the the constant is that coffee. So you'll see how it shows up in different processes. So I just I uh, I just I talk through and just make it really simple for people. So I just what that that's for a long time we've been known as like the sneaker coffee shop as like a, a bunch of dudes who like sneakers and who drink coffee and then we were known as the sneaker coffee shop. And then uh, now we're getting more known as the coffee shop that's that has shoes. So I kind of want to be known more for that than I do for the um, than I do for the you know the the, the sneaker side of things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know I, I I don't I don't know what's next, but as long as we stay in people's faces, you know. I dig, I dig it. it. I, dig I dig it. it. What uh, what's next for y'all? For us, gosh, Q, you want to take that one? Q's the dreamer. I'm the one that that helps. He brings make it me happen. down. He brings me down. That's what that's our description. I dream and he he knocks me down. Um, for us, like like I said, like it's been crazy two years. You know, we've grown really fast. Um, most of our revenue came from the agency side, so we've definitely taken a hit. Um, with everything going on, but like also it's kind of been an eye opener and good for us. Like we, we like working with people. We love that the work that we do impacts their business. Like we've made people a lot of money, which is cool. I think now it's just, we want to really tell stories, you know? And like you said, like get people together. Like, so documentaries, I think is where we're moving and really leaning into our podcast, you know, more of the stuff that we create just for the sake of creating. Um, I, I think that's where we're going. And then individually we'll always have our stuff too, but more on the creation side, more on the experience side versus the agency side, I think is where, where we're going. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see like 
how this situation just how we get out of the situation, the COVID situation that we're all in and how we as a company are able to pivot and just maintain really. Um, and I'm, I'm really, what I'm really excited for is to hear all the different stories of how people were able to stay open and whether it's, Hey, I didn't have to eat for three days or we weren't paid for four months or something like that. And while it's not exciting right now, it's a story to be told. I just, we're obsessed with those, those stories at the end of the day and telling and giving people the, the, the platform to tell the, their own stories. So the future I think has to be that, in the middle um and then other things branching out of it but what ian what makes you strange on purpose i don't know (laughs) 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 i don't have profound answers i don't think to things i just i just uh, i tell you like kind of what's on my mind um i don't i don't know uh Maybe it's that, and now I'm trying to think of a profound thing. <laughs> um, you know, I, I could say the things like, it's because I don't give up or I don't let anything stand in my way, you know, because uh, I, I guess I don't. But but for me, I'm just, I think the thing that makes me strange is that I'm really cool with who I am, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people are just not cool with who they are, what they like. And, you know, I, I work with, I work with a lot of, like young people, you know, baristas and, and whatnot, people for, for the most part, everybody who works in the shop wants to be in the sneaker industry in some way. Um, photographers or designers or fashion people or whatever, you know, they just want to be in the industry or music. Um, but all those things are related, you know. Um, and for the most part, everybody is really comfortable with who they are. But we definitely have those conversations where with some people where I'm like, why are you talking to this dude? You know, like you don't even really like him like that or, you know, what, all, all those kind of things. And so I, I think the thing for me is like, just, I'm, I've always been about just being, being who you are, being comfortable and just understanding who you are, what you're about, what you like. And that's okay. You know, I, uh, I'm really into, I'm really into sneakers and I'm really into, you know, uh, I'm really into cars, but I'm not into cars the way that people, I guess, in the in the sneaker side of things would expect. Um, I like I love NASCAR and I love uh, race cars and a whole bunch of different things like that. You know, so I'm I'm not a nice. I'm not I used to teach go kart racing. Um, uh-huh. I love bowling. Um, you know, people and I like I'll date somebody and they'll be like, you're weird. Like, you know, they, they expect me to be this uh, super black hood dude. I guess, or maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they expect of me, but they're like, you're different. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like you yeah. either like me or you don't. Um, and I even struggle with that sometimes with some people where I'm like, I don't understand you, <laughs> you know, like people yeah. that I work with or people in the coffee world or whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't get what you're doing or why you're doing it, but I have to accept it. You know, is that what makes me strange on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> I, I dig that. that. Yeah, I do. I, I really do dig that. I think. What are the better? What are some of the better answers you guys have gotten? <laughs> hmm. I don't think there's a such thing, man. It's just True. unique to each person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I like what you said, though. You know, it's like I think it's sad that that's what makes you strange. Is that you? You're comfortable with who you are. You like who you are, but. I think that's that's when people really succeed, you know? Like, that's how I am. Like, I don't give a fuck. I do what I want. I like what I want. And if that's what makes me strange, fuck it, you know? I just, yep. that's how I am. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, man, like you, let's see, we're over an hour of recording now and you worked on an RC car for an hour while being interviewed. Like, that's dope. And that, that's, I mean, like, if... Yeah, like that's that's extremely dope to me. And like that's there's a ton of people out there that are afraid to talk about like maybe they're into RC cars, maybe they're not, or maybe they're into uh reading a ton and maybe they're not. And it's just like just being yourself 
is what makes you stand out, especially these days. And that's that's really dope. You guys, it's going to be crazy when you see this thing working in like six years. <laughs> six years. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how many times this has been in my oven <laughs> to try to loosen the parts up. Also baked some cookies last night. They're kind of swaggy. Nice. Yeah. You know, everybody's been baking lately. You know, I got to jump on the game. I'll bake them before that, though. Well, Ian, I, we appreciate you jumping on, man. Where can where can people find out more about Deadstock or yourself? That's where I'm good. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Deadstock Coffee, uh, DeadstockCoffee.com, uh, at Deadstock Coffee on Instagram, Deadstock PDX on Twitter. Um, you know, go in there, buy beans, figure out whatever you want to know. Um, follow me at uh, Triple E Weezy, E E E W E E Z I E. It's a lot of E's in there. Um, but I'm not an influencer, nor am I the person who should be uh, of influence to you. But if you want to watch what I'm doing, that's cool. 